And we're back live with another podcast. Apparently, we didn't both realize we were supposed to wear black today, but yeah, I got the memo. Yes, so we did. There's that, <laughs> which obviously should make you know because I'm wearing my gritty and uh, fanatic shirt. Love it. I'm wearing, wearing Scott Lawton. So, I got Scott Scotty Lawton on the back. So this should obviously be a no surprise that this would be a hockey podcast. Also, there's no Brian here, so that should be the first giveaway. <laughs> your, your other clue. <laughs> I like that. It's good. Oh, yeah, geez. but uh, we got a little bit to talk about. It's not going to be mm-hmm. overarching. I think our last ones were like close to two hours, like an hour and a half. It's not going to be nearly as long as yeah. those, but uh, we got a couple things here and there. Yeah. Um, um, the, the So definitely some bigger announcements along mm-hmm. the NHL. Um, the NHL draft lottery is tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into that topic first, but before we do, let's break down today's lineup. We got the NHL draft lottery again tomorrow. Um, the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame class 2020 has been announced. Some non-surprise, uh, not some non-surprises, some snubs. Either way, we're going to break down the names of who got elected, players and or builders who might have gotten uh, snubbed. Um, news about Seattle's interesting new uh, arena name. Um, some great, great news for the Philadelphia Flyers, which I'm sure you've heard by now. But if not, we'll break it down anyway, and then we'll get into more Flyers news. So that yeah. is today's lineup here for the W&Q podcast, the Whitmer and Quig podcast. Mm-hmm. And, Mike, let's get started with the NHL draft lottery. Yes. So and- that is tomorrow at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. You can catch that on NHL Network, NBC Sports, um, and I believe TSN and one other, uh, if not TSN, uh, Sportsnet, I believe, and then if not one other Canadian um, channel. Follow so, up on Twitter. Yes, and, and that too. Um, I lied. It's, oh, sorry. It's not 5 p.m. I apologize. It is, <laughs> I'm already giving false information. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be 5 well, p.m. You would know, liar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's going to be a half hour special. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Bettman will oversee the lottery ball drawing, according as to Bob McKenzie. As usual. As usual. Um, a full video of the ping pong ball drawing will be posted online after the show ends. Of course, the top prospect, Alexis, uh, or Alexi, however you pronounce it, uh, Lafreniere, is going to be participating in um, just in the viewership with the fans, but he's going to be there mm-hmm. um, remotely actually from his home in Quebec and community heroes such frontline workers from each of the six known angel clubs in the lottery will remotely act as cheering sections for their hometown teams, which is pretty neat. Uh, this of course is a lottery like no other. Again, this is all coming from Bob McKenzie from a uh, Twitter thread. Ultimately there are 15 non-playoff, teams but ottawa owns san jose's first pick so only 14 teams hold the 15 picks the numbers one two and three as usual are available to be one in the lottery but we only know the identity of six teams the six teams and the odds are one detroit 18.5 two and three are both ottawa because again from that san jose eric carlson eric carlson trade uh ottawa has san jose's first round pick ottawa's um, pick 13.5 coming at two. Ottawa's second first round pick is number three, 11.5. Uh, Los Angeles, number four, at 9.5%. Five is Anaheim with 8.5%. New Jersey is six, um, 7.5%. And seven, 
um, is Buffalo 6.5%. I'm assuming Bob might have had an accident had a typo because he said six teams when really there are seven teams in this. Um, so that's my guess. Um, the teams that didn't make it. So right, and Ottawa obviously with combined 25% chance has the best odds of getting the first overall pick. The re- here's where it gets interesting. The remaining odds, teams A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and H all have perspective. Six, five, three and a half, three, two and a half, two, one and a half, and one percent chance of getting the first overall pick. If so there's not, a chance that if one of those teams do get it, yes. those later ones get it, this then happens later on. Yes, they do and, every lottery. Right. And so the, the interesting, so there's, and I know there's like two phases to it. So if the first three picks are, or uh, yeah, if the first three picks are non playoff teams, then the second phase doesn't matter. But if, if playoff team, a, one of the, uh, eight teams, A through H, gets one of those picks, then you move to the phase two. Again, we don't know those other teams because they're again current playoff teams their uh teams a through age are gonna be the teams that lose in that qualifying round obviously we don't know that yet so um so there's that but um it's again there's a lot more to this process with all this in the nhl draft lottery again 8 p.m tomorrow night um for me personally i truly believe that it's the the top three picks are going to be Detroit number one, Ottawa number two, and Ottawa again at number three. As much as I would love to see Ottawa go one and two, um, I really think Detroit's going to end up with Alexis. Well, yeah, right, that too. Uh, I, I would love to see Alexis Lafreniere go to the, the Detroit Red Wings and play with Dylan Larkin. Um, that team would get a lot better. But even if Detroit falls somewhere to, I think, again, probably the worst they could fall is four. Um, that's not bad. That 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 so uh, you could end up with uh, Quentin Byfield. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know he's projected to go second overall. There's Tim Stutzel, number three overall. Um, Lucas Raymond in there. there. There's all sorts of these top prospects, uh, yeah. wingers and forwards and everything. Sticking with Bob McKenzie real quick though. Yeah. Um, well, we're not going to get it here. Go into it here, but he did put out a pre-draft ranking of yes. the people in the draft. So if you want to take a look at that. I'm sure you can just find it on his Twitter page or on TSN. Yes. So and there's the last that. One, so. Yeah, which is honestly really sad to see, and I hate it. <laughs> um, but but yes, if you're that. Lafreniere, this is just kind of just mm-hmm. something different. Uh, who would you prefer that number one be, Ottawa or Detroit? Or I guess any all of those teams would be out mm-hmm. there, but realistically. But realistically, it's down to those two. Uh, definitely Ottawa, right. Okay. Definitely who Ottawa's rather, chances. If you were Lafreniere, who would you rather be there at that number one spot? Um, I would if, say if we're going it, off it, of what you're talking about last time, I would probably say I prefer Detroit. Yes. Uh, so I'll, not I'll just that. In. I there's I there's a lot more to that. I know Detroit isn't great mm-hmm. right now, but they had for a long. Now there's period. Ottawa. Well, yeah, but they have a they had a long period of. Uh, success yes. for a long period of time there they have a pretty not now because obviously they're not great so fans kind of aren't really prevalent there at the moment they're really not for a while because of coronavirus issues and everything but they're always a, a devoted fan base so that's always a good fan or team to get behind no absolutely and uh, Ottawa, it's always a tr- it's a dumpster fire every year or something else and 
realistically, uh, even though you might have some, you might have faster success with Ottawa realistically or mm -hmm. quicker to be successful just because of uh, their, the amount of picks they have plus Kachuk and everything there um, rather than Detroit, which is still a little ways behind them. Right. And um, it's here, just the later, the, yeah. it's the later ons. It's the later ons that you're going to have the problem. Right. And here's the other thing. If you want to hear more on that, just go to our more recent uh, hockey podcast. We talk more right. about Ottawa. Um, and, and, and I'll put it this way. So for Ottawa, so, so again, the big thing with Alexis Lafreniere that projected go first overall, he's a left winger, which is key for a lot of teams. So for uh, a team like Ottawa, they have their number one left winger in Brady Kachuk. Um, if you don't like having Lafreniere or Kachuk on the left wing and make room for Lafreniere, if you were to get him, you could keep him the left wing and throw Kachuk on the right wing, or vice versa, keep mm -hmm. Kachuk on left wing, throw Lafreniere on the right wing. However, for the Detroit Red Wings, that is probably more ideal because Don Larkin is a center. Imagine the line of Dylan Larkin and Alexis Lafreniere and whoever that other winger, whether it be someone like Dmitry uh, Timoshov, Anthony Mantha, Phillips Dina, uh, Robbie Fabry, perhaps. You have a lot of good weapons for Lafreniere there. But not only that, it's really important for him to, because he's, he's going to be that number one winger. If not, he's going to be on the second uh, line at worst. Um, he's going to be NHL ready. I guarantee it. He has a ridiculous built of a frame, and uh, just he he carries himself very well out there. Um, so I I would not be surprised. Uh, again, he you know he's only he's six one, which is better than most. But again, I, I really think that he is going to carry himself very well in the NHL, and more specifically, and realistically, wingers with the Detroit nice. Red Wings. Realistically, winger size it isn't as prevalent as say if he was a center. Right. But again, he, but, uh, he he's a big time winger, but he's he's going to do something special in this league. I I still think it's going to be Detroit getting the first overall, so I think they're going to get left or near. But if I was Ottawa, I'd kind of, if I thought for some reason I thought Chuck was the center. But I, I did too. I'd, I'd actually look I at first, I'd look at getting a center. Right, and so you do I'll, have Colin. Put, you do have Colin White, but he's but, and and you make a great point, Mike. So let's say if Ottawa does end up getting the first overall pick, they might not even go Lafreniere. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's a tremendous talent, and you would have to almost be crazy to pass up on him. Again, you could have two really good, you know, wingers, but then you you do have that second round pick to use on our center. There are a couple of good centers left, um, especially in the, the top seven picks. And we'll everything have a lot of time to kind of decide. Figure. But again, even if you don't get that first overall pick there, as long as you get again the top three, top four pick, which Ottawa has the best odds of, they got Tim uh Stutzel or um, Quentin Byfield, two of the best centers. Uh Byfield is by far the best center in this draft in my opinion. And Byfield would most likely go to Ottawa with the odds the Senators have. And he's going to be a game-changing center to build a, a team around. So, again, having someone like Byfield centering a line with Brady Kachuk on that line as well, or even 
make a complete line out of Alexis Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield, the number one and two overall picks going to Ottawa both is certainly another possibility and one that I would see happening if Detroit does not get that first overall pick. And maybe find someone who can calm down Kachuk in case he jumps someone again. Exactly. And again, and, and, and no, and, and you make a great point out of that because um, for Alexis Lafreniere, he has a natural born leader presence to him. And a lot of people I could see, you know, because I've really been watching some footage and, and highlights on Lafreniere over the past you know, few months and almost the past year, really just uh, very, been very excited about this prospect and what he brings to the table he almost reminds me of a Mark Messier kind of player the way he carries himself on and off the ice of the way he plays his game playmaker abilities the scoring abilities you know he, he's he's again he's a real special talent but um, I think again no matter if he no matter what team he goes to that team is going to be very very grateful that they ended up with that first overall pick to uh, draft Alexis Lafreniere yeah Anywho, that's kind of all I have on the lottery. Yep. We'll obviously yep, break down all the results on our next hockey podcast. Yes. Yeah. So uh, again, that's 8 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time, not 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. is Western. Um, so there's that um, up next. And yesterday. We, yeah. The Hockey Hall of Fame was announced. Yes, it was. And um, again, as I mentioned in the preview, we got some new surprises. We got some mm-hmm. snubs, but all in all, still another great class um and i do have obviously you know first we'll break down the class of 2020 but after that and after we you know uh mention who got in who were the the you know the good picks and also who got snubbed i do have one question i'll i'll let you think about this one now is do you think someone who's currently in the game of hockey does it, um, should be eligible for the Hall of Fame, or do you think that they have to be done? So, for example, I mean, Hosa, um, I know who you're talking about, <laughs> right? Yeah, Mary yeah, because he's still under contract with the. Uh, oh well, actually, no, I, I was I wasn't even considering him. Um, so uh, again, let, let me break down yeah. the, the class. But yeah. so um, I'll, I'll break down a few, and then Mike, uh, do you do you have the the list with you as well? Yeah, got it. Okay, cool. So I'll give the first uh, two or three. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give the first three. You give the last three. So the first three are Jerome McGinley. Again, no surprise. He was a go-to pick. He was one of my picks personally. Tremendous player. Um, he spent 1,219 of his 1,554 games as a member of the Flames. He Fortunately, never got six, that ring. Right. And that was the one thing I – I really wish he could have gotten that Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got good chances after he left he uh, Calgary, too. He was yeah. on both Pittsburgh um, and Boston. Yeah, and both uh, he even uh, played in the conference final one of these years. I think it was 2013 when he went to Pittsburgh. Uh, he, play, he played with them and, but lost to Boston in the conference finals. Um, but Iggy went on to score 625 goals. 1,300 points total. He won two Rocket Richard trophies, the King Clancy, the Art Ross, Ted Lindsay Award, and he's a six-time All-Star. He also uh, passed the 40-goal mark on four different occasions, and two of them were 50-goal seasons. Um, so huge congrats there. The next one uh, was, as Mike mentioned earlier, uh, Marion Hosa. He's a three-time Stanley Cup winner, all of Chicago. 
Um, he was the first uh, player to reach a three consecutive Stanley Cup final series with three different teams and um, you know, for the playoff fixture. Also, his playoff production, 149 points in 205 games. Uh, and here's his uh, regular season success, 525 goals, 1,300, sorry, 1,134 points in 1,309 games. Um, in addition to the Stanley victory, he's won a uh, Memorial Cup, um, a lot of Olympic success, um, which is great there. So, but a big thing there for him is that he won three Stanley Cups. And then the last one I have here before turning over to Mike is Kevin Lowe. So I feel bad because I personally don't know anything about Kevin Lowe. I'm sure, obviously, clearly, he's a heck of a player because he um, is now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But uh, the Edmonton Journal's Jim Matheson, uh, and this is from NHLNBCSports.com, um, the said the defensive defensive defenseman Kevin Lowe's Hall of Fame case. He was conscious of the Gretzky era Oilers. Overall, wow, uh, Kevin Lowe won five Stanley Cups of Edmonton, then one more with the Rangers. Um, he was very respected by all sorts of players. You don't have to pile up points to be a great player, um, stated Glenn Sather. And, and, and that's certainly true. Um, obviously, the points help build up your resume for the Hockey Hall of Fame, but five Stanley Cups, you can't necessarily ignore that. Um, the offensive stats aren't there for him, according to NBC Sports' website and the article here, but people stumped for his responsible game, and it finally worked. He also, in a way, served as a builder with the Oilers. Many would probably agree that it's probably not the first point you argue for when saying uh, low would be deserved in the Hockey Hall of Fame, though. But um, overall, those are the first three. Mm-hmm. And Mike, uh, go ahead with the next three. This is where we get a little interesting for the 2020 uh, yes. uh, Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, this first one here, Kim St. Pierre. Yes. Uh, so I don't know a whole lot about St. Pierre. I know that she has had an extremely remarkable um, Olympics record. Uh, she's a lot of gold medals. Um, she's won three gold medals, uh, yep. five times, five time IIHF Women's World Champion. There you go. Uh, and won the Clarkson Cup twice. Wow. Uh, she played 83 times for Canada, helping them win 64 times with 29 shoutouts. It was very impressive. She also earned best goalie honors at 2002 Olympics, as well as world championships in 01 and 04. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, another congrats there. Uh, Mike, and who are the other two? Doug Wilson. So, I'll note this Doug Wilson is the current GM of the San Jose Sharks and again this is one of the um things that I had in mind well, I said that he played on the San Jose Sharks yes but also and you just mentioned it he was a former player Mike not just obviously a GM but so I thought when I heard um Doug Wilson I thought okay you can make in the case for a builder but no he got in as a player mm-hmm. uh do you have his stats there uh, total NHL stats, he played over 1,000 games, 1,024. He put up 800, uh, 827 points, wow. uh, 237 goals, 590 assists. He also, I get a note here, he won the Norris Trophy in 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight-time All-Star and won Canada Cup gold. Um, he also put up no. 80 playoff points. Wow. 
1961 uh, assists in 95 many, playoff games. Almost a point per game in the playoffs. That's pretty mm-hmm. remarkable. So, yeah. again, Doug Wilson as a player, I get. Um, I just, again, one of the things for me personally is does it make sense for t- to have someone eligible to, you know, that's currently in the game? Um, so you can argue it, yes. Obviously, you can argue no. I, I can see both sides. I mean, he's, it's, he got inducted as a player. It doesn't matter if he's... Right, right, exactly. So if he's long retired from the game and yeah, as a he, and gets The last year player, he played was 92-93. Right, I think he's fine, fine going into the Hall of Fame. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But I'm saying, I, like... Um, I thought your point was talking yeah. about Marion Hosa because he's still on oh, a contract no. with the Arizona Coyotes no. and he just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. No, um, that's I, that makes more. That's more of a question right. mark to me because I feel like you should be, you shouldn't be under contract and be able to be in the Hall of Fame. Right, and, that's and, and what again, I don't agree with. I right, he obviously should be in the Hall of Fame. I probably wouldn't just because he's still under contract. How much longer? Was that anyways? Just for giggles, a little bit longer, I think. Uh, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. That's when his contract officially ends. So you cannot wait right. another year or two Jeez. before putting him in. <laughs> um, and the last one, this one was actually a GM, uh, Ken Holland. Yes. Um, he's currently uh, with Edmonton right now. Um, yeah. Yep. So, senior and, and they, put, it, of, they uh, put him in as a builder. Mm-hmm. He spent three decades with the. Uh, Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says one. He he won four Stanley Cups with uh, Holland as one of them as an assistant GM and three as a GM. So it's definitely very impressive. So clearly it was two thousand eight, two thousand two, and the last one coming from ninety eight is when I'm assuming that happened. Um, the Red Wings also won ten Central Division titles, not to mention four Presidents Trophies. So again, as a builder, the record's there. Uh, but again, so, so, so this is kind of where my question earlier actually yeah. is: um, Holland won the Stanley Cup. As I think you just mentioned it uh, three times as a GM: uh, ninety-eight, two oh two, and two thousand eight. And once as an assistant GM, yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, better, but you yeah, know, and no, I just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. well, That's all right. I well, wasn't paying attention. I was reading his bio. Okay. Well, there you go. You just got the you just got his bio twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's it called? So, but th- th- when it comes to Canahan, this is what my question was more so like. Again, so he's a current. I believe he's the GM of the Oilers. Correct. He's not a GM. He's not. I thought he was. No. What, was he doing? Uh, uh, just one. Canahan was in Edmonton. Oh yeah, he is. Like, some- sorry, he is the general GM of. Yeah, no, no. He, I think he, he just he took. I think he just took retook over after they fired what's his face. Uh, yeah, I'm it's only been a year, May yeah. uh, May of 2019. Again, um, but anyway, so to yeah, right now he's re- the general right. and president of hockey operations. There right. you go. Um, but anyway, so here's my point I was trying to make earlier. So he's currently a GM and president of hockey ops and everything for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. He got in as a builder. Mm-hmm. Is someone who got in as a builder that's currently in a builder position? Is it? Could you argue the same thing of like, oh, could you? Would it make sense to put in a player like Marian Hosa, who's still under contract technically, 
that gets in as a player kind of thing because you you could fight for both sides in my yeah, opinion you can make the argument but again it's like i, I think it's more... like batman getting uh inducted he's still looking right exactly and, and that, that throws me off a little bit anyway uh so that is your class for the hockey hall mm-hmm. theme uh, congratulations to all of the um, a couple of snubs. For snubs. Yes, absolutely. You can't um, go any further without mentioning some snubs. Uh, two of them that come off right away off the bat, Mike uh, Daniel uh, Albertson. Yes, he is a huge, huge snub in my opinion. Um, Not that honestly, these guys aren't going to get in at some point. No, of course, but I think this year Alfredson probably should have gotten in. Um, over against some of these other picks. That's just my opinion. I don't know if you have the same opinion. It's tough to say. Yeah, it is. Um, but the other one I can think of right off the bat, Alexander Mogilny. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how this guy is. So, again, this is the hockey all theme, not the NHL hockey all theme. So, Alexander Mogilny, this guy is an absolute snub right here because – he has paved years of hockey and, and inspiring hockey for hundreds. And he won hundreds a cup. He's of, won the gold medal and has won the world championship title. Yeah, exactly. He's done so much for hockey. Um, but wow, um, McGillney, and not only that, but he was. If, if if those who remember it, or if need a refresher, he was the Russian that. Um, defected from the Soviets and came over to the United States and uh, to, to Buffalo. And that was such a big deal back then. And he helped pave the way for other Russians to come over to the U.S. So that was a huge deal back then. And um, again, he, he was changed the game forever. Um, he was one of the best players in his NHL, in the NHL at his position. Um, he's one of 29 players in NHL history to be in the Triple Gold Club, winning a Stanley Cup, Olympic Gold, and IIHF World Championship sportsmanship. He won the Lee Bing in 03. Um, and hey, if you want character, he was the first ever Russian-born captain in 2003. Sorry, not 2003, but uh, first Russian-born player to serve as an NHL captain. Um, again, he was also, like you mentioned, um, a contribution to the hockey. The first player from the Soviet Union to defect to the United States as only a 20 year old. So, again, he's done wonders for the game of hockey. So, I think next year, Alexander Mogilny will certainly get in. Mike, you had some thoughts uh, I think you want to bring up? Uh, there's a couple. Um, just based on stats alone, I could see why you say Mogilny, too. He's got yeah. over 1,000 stats, but there's a bunch of guys over 1,000 stats, even right. uh, JR, Jeremy Roenick. I know right now people aren't the biggest fans of him because of yeah stuff he you know says or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got over twelve hundred points. And he's gone in. Yeah, he didn't. So. He has never won the cup, medal, or a world championship. Mm-hmm. Just got to put uh, it. Yeah, for, for a job, why right. this is the biggest surprise ever. Not I guess not ever, but. Um, Claude Provost won nine Stanley Cups. Who did? Claude Provost. Provost. He played in the early, um, right, mid like the fifties and sixties. So he's he was a long time ago. Um, 
but the reason why I think he's not really in it, he was a right winger, but he didn't really put up that many points, only 589 mm-hmm. points. But the thing that really stands out to me was nine Stanley Cups. Yeah. That's, that's kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, looked, um, I looked his name up and everything. He was a Montreal Canadian, so there yeah. you go. Um, the Habs won a yeah. ridiculous number of Cups. I believe the number is 24 total mm-hmm. in their history, which is ridiculous. Yeah. There's even some so, goalies on here you can mention too. Yeah. Textiles is not uh not there yet. Um uh, uh what's it? Chris Osgood isn't either. Wow, interesting. He's won three cups. You know, uh Ozzy, he he's quite the goalie or was, I should say, but um he, he was yeah. So oh uh one other player I gotta mention, a former flyer, Rod Brindamore, current coach with the Carolina Hurricanes. He won a cup with the Hurricanes in 06. Either. Yeah, yeah so, so there's certainly a lot or of names Vinny out Clavier, there. Or Vinny, Cla- uh, Vinny LeCavier. Either. That one shocks me. Uh, that's not he, that surprising, actually. He last played 15, 16, so. I right. Uh, all right, have, that's fair. I think he might have a little time before. That's fair. He, he at least has one more year then because there has to be at least a five-year yeah, eligibility. Ray Ferraro. Wait, Ray's not in the whole thing? No. Oh, come on, NHL. You got to get Ray Ferraro in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, so I mean, something, something that I saw, sure. which, uh, which was surprising. Um, so uh, on the topic of the Hall of Fame and everything, really quickly before we move on, um, my, at least my last note, um, I saw that – who was it? I, I want to say it was John Shannon released the names of who was on the um, the the committee for the Hall of Fame selection. Um, the committee to plan parties. Yes, that one. So here are the names that John uh, tweeted out yesterday. It's John Davidson, uh, David Branch, Brian Burke, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, Mark Chipman. Bobby Clark, who I did not know was on there, um, Mark DeFoy, um, Michael Farber, Ron Francis, Mike Gartner, Anders Hedberg, Yari Curry, Igor Larionov, uh, Bob McKenzie, of course, this is his last year, Mike Murphy, uh, David Poyle, Luke Robitaille, and the last one, which really irked me, Pierre Maguire. He's there. Like, you got to be kidding me. You're trying to determine a Hockey Hall of Fame, and you have Regis on that committee. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. That's that's a joke. All right, so that's all I got there. Um, Mike, we got some news about Seattle. We do. They announced their – I'd like if they announced more, but unfortunately they're not. They announced their uh, stadium. I guess they didn't. It was really uh, – uh, oh. Jeff Bezos kind of mm-hmm. unveiled it. Uh, so he bought, I guess he has the rights to the, to the arena, so he got the decision to uh, name the arena, and uh, if you haven't told by, haven't been able to tell from Jeff's uh, reaction to this, he is a big fan of the name. He loves this name. Um, oh, it, the it's, name it's, of the arena I is love it as Climate yeah. Pledge Arena. They'd be playing in Seattle. I'll put it this way. I love it as much as I love the name Little Caesars, Little Caesars Arena. Pizza, pizza. 
But the only thing that I find interesting, and I'm sure yeah. it's nothing, but um, why did they go in the pictures um, green with everything? Like, I, the only reason why I say that is that does that mean there's going to be some green on the team? That's my guess. Um, I, I, look at the arena itself. It doesn't look terrible. The outside architecture looks a little weird. It looks literally like a colonial hat. If I can put it the best description, that's kind of it. Or a hang glider. So, so um, he, here's... The Jumbotron, here's, which they're looking at, which I'm looking at now, it's yeah. like a weird triangle kind of thing if not maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way so and, and jeff uh Bezos, um put this on instagram uh, you know i'll explain that in a little bit the reasoning behind all the green um i, I had a feeling all, all honestly all along that seattle would have would keep the green in their team colors and everything because again if you look at the seattle sounders the former um, uh, uh, major league soccer team they were all green or, or no, sorry, they they they're still playing. Uh, there's there uh, the Seattle SuperSonics that Believe used to be the NBA. Not, Jeff is not an insider for MLS. Nah, um, there is the Seattle Seahawks. They have some green in their jerseys. The Mariners don't, but still, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me. So anyway, either way, there's still that color scheme ish. Yes, like, the, like blue kind of. Like cyan, yeah. green kind of colors. Yeah, that so seems to be the, the Supersonics. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. NBA team. Yeah. So here is what Jeff Bezos put on Instagram. He put a picture of Climate Pledge Arena, like at least the name of on top of it. He said, "I'm excited to announce that Amazon has bought the naming rights to the historic Seattle Arena, previously known as Key Arena. Instead of calling it Amazon Arena, which is what uh, was was one of Mike's suggestions." Um, I mean, that's just the easy one. Uh, Amazon yeah, Prime, right. Marina Center. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, Fire Stick Center. I don't know. Faces um, a billionaire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead of calling it Amazon Arena, we're naming it Climate Pledge Arena as a regular reminder of the urgent need for climate change. It will be the first net zero carbon certified arena in the world, generate zero waste from operations and events used reclaim green water rainwater in the ice system to create the greenest ice in the nhl so here's the other thing will the ice be green so i'm getting out for that um we don't know but um here's my another yeah. quick um i will say this though i have a feeling that seattle team is going to be like vegas and every other kind of 100 percent seattle but, because Seattle to me is kind yeah. of an underrated kind of uh, devoted fan base. They They're really are. Devoted. No, because um, look at the Seattle Seahawks. Look how loud that stadium is. I'm not even just saying um, them. Even if you look at the Mariners, who've never even really gone to the World Series, they've always gotten a good yeah. amount of fans. But imagine really want to, how loud that arena is going to be if when it's closed. Imagine all those Seahawks fans, those Mariners fans the uh, Seattle Sounders fans and everything, they're all going to be in that arena chanting, yeah. yelling, screaming, booing, whatever. That is going to be as loud, if not almost louder than Vegas's arena, maybe if Nashville. Anything, it'll be like, when, it could be like Winnipeg. Billy, Winnipeg, I don't know how big exactly. the, when, uh, arena is, but Winnipeg is relatively small. 
Right. I kind of consider them around the same. Eh, Seattle probably has a lot more people than Winnipeg, but still. But um, still, you, you get the point, though, of how loud that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a huge advantage for Seattle. As for the actual team, um, I know they mentioned they won't release the name and probably yeah, the, at least the jersey until in the fall. Um, the other thing I will note, and this is very important for the expansion coming up at some point, they um, – I hate this, but I like it at the same time. Seattle is going to have the exact same rules as the Vegas Golden Knights will. I mean, how else would they do it? I, oh, because to be fair, I think that a lot of people were very unhappy with how much success um, Vegas got right away because of the expansion draft. Now, obviously, not all the picks were home runs, but they found hidden gems that only they really understood how good these players are. William Carlson, um, for example, you have. Um, uh, John, Marshall Jonathan Sol. Marshall and Marshall Salt, exactly. That's another one. Thank you. And it's you know, some of these other players. Game. Yeah. Um, even Pierre Belmore from Philly uh, was kind of a bit of a steal because he play, played a lot of depth for uh, the Golden Knights down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's an ultimate warrior and everything. But again, you get my point. So the thing is, is a lot of people were certainly unhappy to hear the news that Seattle has the exact same rules. So there's a Right. I mean, so, so again, there's a chance that Seattle could be almost as good as Vegas right off the bat with the expansion draft. Who knows? Is that a bad um, thing? No, because, again, they are going to be in the same division. That means Arizona most likely of all teams. Arizona, is, move. Arizona is the team that's moving. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to – Arizona and is going to take their spot, and Arizona is going to go to the – Central. Central, Central, yes. It'd be weird for them to go east. So, yeah, they're going to the Central. Hey, you never know. And I, I just forgot the name of the other division for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so there's that. Um, other than that, uh, I don't have too much else uh, around the league for the NHL. There's yeah. um, some important dates to keep in mind. Uh, training yes. camps open up July 10th. So, pretty much right around the corner. We're July 25th today. So, it's getting closer and closer to. Training camps opening up. Um, mm-hmm. That's really kind of it. The only other update was the a little bit ago was obviously announced when the uh, draft uh, when all that is going to happen for the dra- uh, draft. So um, soon we'll be in phase three, and the NHL will be close to coming back. Yep. But I think we'll f- quick pivot to the Flyers as I get into this. Uh, why to bring up that is that we're seeing more and more Flyers players. Uh, yes, come into, we are. Uh, our skate uh, this oh, week alone. Man. I think we've seen today it was Nate Thompson. Yesterday, yep. I think Phil Myers was here. Carter Hart was here. Um, Coots showed his face. Uh, and the surprising one, uh, Oscar Lindblom laced, laced up the skates. Yes. He had a he, nice shot at one again, point. Yeah, and not only that, but again, as you mentioned, Lindblom is back. He's skating. The best news that you'll ever get. He said he wasn't fin- He hasn't day. finished his treatment yet, but he's going to close to the end. So a couple podcasts we go- ago, we've mentioned how there that he had finished it. There was a report that he had yep. uh, finished his treatment, which isn't true. Or wasn't true. Right. But at least from what you hear from Lindblom, you can kind of take it. Um, he's close to being done his um, re, uh, his treatment for his cancer, mm-hmm. and 
it's just you gotta hope that I'm assuming uh, Oscar is his doctors, the Flyers doctors, and everyone else said yes. this is fine because you know the pandemic's going on and everything. Right. You don't want to risk him, risk anything else to him because he is in that vulnerable category, unfortunately. Yes. So that's great to see. It was great to see him back on the ice. The next person I would love to see back on the ice, of course, is Nolan Patrick. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was the best news we got the other day. The Flyers um, hinted at it. They um, tweeted out saying 123. So I guess at, you know, at 123, um, you know, they tweeted that Oscar was back in skating, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal news. He still has had his uh, Swedish, uh, super Swedish uh, smile on it, on his face, which is great to see after all he's been through. And uh, it, it really is such great news and what a story he is. And, um, you know, I'm just so happy for, for him and, and, you know, uh, his teammates and, and coaching staff and his family and friends and everything, just to see him actually back on the ice, which is something I, I wasn't even expecting this early. Yep. I wasn't really either, but he's definitely not coming back go. anytime soon for these players right. or anything. No, um, which is more than okay. Yeah. Um, you obviously don't want to risk him, you know, him at all. No. But more, um, not that that's not important at all, his health and everything. But right. more importantly, going back to the Flyers' sake, we are getting closer and closer. As I just mentioned, there's a bunch of players who are taking skates again, the important players. Yeah. Last podcast, we talked about how Parabra was on the ice. Kuz has been on the ice. Today was Nick Thompson, as I just mentioned. So more and more of these players are making their ways down, So, which is great. Obviously, right now, I think it's just – individual kind of workouts and everything and there's obviously going to be a lot of um, uh, procedures and everything for all these Mm -hmm. players to take once they are all back but that's a great sign to see which you know kind of gets us back into us talking about our old time uh, flyers again so So uh, that's going to be interesting to see them uh, how quickly they can kind of push off the uh, rust. Right. Um, I think they do have, uh, if there was any team to kind of be able to do it, I'll go and say, not just any team in the league, I'm saying past Flyers team. Mm. I give them this. This is the team. This is the team that would probably be the quickest to take it off. If this was the Dave Haxtell team, they get swept in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. If it was Craig Ruby, it would be kind of hard. It would be really difficult, kind of hard to watch. Um, but uh, maybe the Lavulette kind of flyers I could see them pulling out a, a series yeah but with this flyers with AV leading the charge with uh, the leadership they have with uh, Drew uh, Victoria Avorich Hayes uh, Niskanen now Niskanen even Braun yeah who's uh leadership and everything will yes, be, has yeah. to be even more as we're now in the playoffs. We're officially in the playoffs. We're not battling yes. for the playoffs. We are in the playoffs. We're in. Yes, this, this is great. They're going to take their experiences of being in the playoffs. Niskanen's obviously uh, Stanley Cup winning uh, Capitals a couple years back. Then many times uh, deep playoff runs. Justin Braun's Sharks have made. He also was on the Cup. Fortune was on the losing side of it, but and Niskanen was on a couple yeah. losing sides of it as well. I think, um, but either way, they they're, they're going to come uh, come in handy here as well. 
Yes, they are. And uh, again, uh, especially it'll be for very refreshing guys, to see. That's the one thing that is going to be the key is how quickly these um, young players, Carter Hart especially too, you can't throw him out there because he is still a rookie right. kind of. Not really. um, and then He's you still also... young, but it's his first playoffs, how he kind of deals with the nerves, even though it's not the same yeah. playoff atmosphere, it's still playoff atmosphere on the ice. You don't have the atmosphere oh, of the sure. crowd, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing, too. The Just quick uh, update. Mm-hmm. The Hub Cities has been shrunk, shrunk again. So Yes, they have. There's only a couple um, of cities left. I, I've heard um, rumors that Vancouver, Vancouver... I think, I think Vancouver that, just isn't... I think they're not running anymore. That, that's um, what I've heard. I've heard mixed things that they mm-hmm. are still, but they aren't, so I we'll have to see... I think the top of my head announced Edmonton, Vegas, Toronto. Um, as much as I would like uh, Vegas to be one, I'm kind of still surprised that they are one just because look how close they are to Arizona kind of thing and, and yeah. some of the air, other areas that have I agree. you know gotten hit with COVID nineteen. Um, um yeah. if I had to guess, it's probably gonna be Edmonton and Toronto. And honestly, um, and I think the other question the would be areas. Um and even if it is Vegas, if Vegas is one of the teams, you're going to have two West Coast teams, teams in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how they go about it. Um, how many games realistically can they play at one time if they're playing in Edmonton? It's going to be tough. Really Edmonton. And Toronto, Toronto has a bunch of arenas that they could play in. Mm-hmm. So there's, they'd be set there. So honestly, Toronto could be the best spot as one mm-hmm. of the two hub cities. So I, I think it does come down to Toronto and Edmonton, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't mind Vegas, but I think that's too much of a risk, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. But that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. No, see I how mean, some I, of these again, guys bounce back after their first playoff experience, TK, Provorov. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Provorov's going to have a lot to want to prove based on the yes. last time they were in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No, he, um, he's going he's gonna to come out on fire um, he's gonna dominate connecting is gonna have to find the connective that he was all season pretty much where he's putting up goals um where it'd be great for him to keep being his chirping self he's got to be at the even more careful because uh now it's even more cursed and i guess you could put abby kubal there just because in the past he's got that kind of reputation yeah. to take penalties and everything yeah. um no, to not take any risky penalties um, still kind of take, put that edge out there so maybe they could take a dumb penalty and you guys can take advantage of it. But once it comes to the playoff time, special teams become especially um, key, especially when you with this Flyers team with how their improved special team was, PK more so, uh, than a uh, power play. But it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of are with it after this amount of time yeah. off. No, absolutely, and it's going to be um, very important for uh, for them to, to click and everything. It's going to take some time for sure, not just for the Flyers, but for every team. And as for Nicholas Albe Kubel, who's again, he's going to be another key role player for this team in depth mm-hmm. and speed and penalty killing and even power play time. Honestly, um, I, I think his playing style. Has changed just enough from his time in the American Hockey League with the really High Valley Phantoms from oh, yeah, being a little bit of a, almost a reckless player because he he he's been suspended a couple of times. He's gotten a lot of penalties for yeah, major he's got a, he's got a for majors for fighting. He, he he does have record unfortunately, and 
Uh, the good news is, you know, he's in, a, in the NHL. He's mm-hmm. greatly matured for uh, still such a young kid. And he, okay. he's a tremendous young talent. And the Flyers really do have something special in Nicholas Albe Kubel. So I really think that they're going to use their depth and speed to really wear down teams in their in honestly that's where you're see the offense, Flyers offensive up tempo. Uh, Even though it's the, not, yeah. I'd say it's not the most flashy of depth compared to other teams. Or it's it's better than of, what a good amount of teams have, though. Yeah, it is. So you got the Raffles and Lawtons out there. That's yeah. good. You obviously got Thompson, even though he's not the best player. Yeah. And honestly, uh, and his, another his one. best attribute is his kind of defensive kind of PK ability. So, right, especially I, especially yeah. power, uh, come playoff time, minutes are crucial. So if someone like Dave Thompson or even Derek Grant can find times to take some time, minutes away from guys like Claude Drew, Vorchek, mm-hmm. Couturier, even Provorov, who is always not doesn't want to come off the ice. Even though the depth there isn't as uh, deep, but uh, you still have to yeah. trust that uh, third pair too. Yeah, for sure. And and my final thought is uh, one other player you just mentioned was Derek Grant. And Grant, he was doing very well before everything stopped uh, play. And and uh, he, he's also going to play a really important depth role for the uh, the Flyers here. And again, you know, I'm excited for this team. I'm excited what they can bring to the table. Um, again, it's going to take some time for them to get used to this, just like every team. So that's kind of the nice thing is that they're not alone in this process. It's everyone is doing this process together that's in this playoff format, and we'll see how it goes. Okay. We'll see you closer when we get to uh, training camp in so a couple attempt, weeks. Yeah. How, yes, sir. How they look. Absolutely. So but Until then, there's still going to be updates in between the next couple of weeks, if we're honest. Yep. So there's yeah, no, going to be definitely. reasons to kind of come back on because there's going to be the announcement, obviously, for our next podcast, the recap of the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. And then when the Hub Cities get announced, because soon that's going to have to be announced too. It really will be. Um, so that'll be good to look out for. It's the end of July when the season's supposed to be restarted, or at the beginning yeah. of August, somewhere around there. Yeah. Which is so, realistically uh, yeah. isn't that far away. We're at the it's end of not. We're the the, the end more of you June. think about it. It's almost July. Yep. So in literally probably just about two weeks, if not a little bit, um, yeah, just about two weeks, uh, yep. we will be Tomorrow will be two weeks. Camp, yeah. Tomorrow will be two weeks. There we go. I guess today because this camp. podcast is coming on on Friday. All right. So technically today. <laughs> but uh, that's all we got for today. Like I said, it was a short and sweet podcast. Uh, not really. Uh, we're not really known for that for a hockey one. So. No. Very surprising, but uh, yeah, but still, nonetheless, yeah, we'll see you on yep. Tuesday and obviously Thursday or Friday whenever we talk hockey again. Uh, until then, we'll see you.